I know my limits. I know I need to get sleep. I know I need to eat well. I know all the things that I need to do to live healthily with bipolar. From Crossroads Media, this is See Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, season eight, episode number seven. Welcome to See Here Love Season 8. Can you believe it? I can't. I can't believe we're six years in, over 200 shows broadcast across Canada and around the world on our multiple platforms, podcasts, YouTube, and social media. And here we are today, continuing to share this important message to thousands that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. And we've heard that it's become an anthem, a motto, a meditation that many of you have taken as your mission and used it as your own, and you've shared it with others. So thank you. And so as we embark on another season together, season eight, our See Here Love team came up with a theme for this year, getting to know you. Yes, we're getting to know you, your needs, concerns, things you need help with, conversations that you're having with your friends and family that you may just need some other trusted voices to give you advice and perspective. So that's what we're doing all season long, listening to you, we're leaning in, learning together and getting to know one another. To get us started and getting to know you and what topics and shows you've really liked on our YouTube and podcast, we begin our countdown of our top See Here Love YouTube shows of all time. They may surprise you or they may have helped you over the years. Beginning with our number one YouTube show of all time, episode number 120, Living with Bipolar as a Christian, featuring special guest Lindsay Thompson, a therapist who lives with bipolar, and our See Here Love panel, taped in front of a live student audience at Tyndale University in Toronto. This show exploded online as soon as we posted it up on YouTube, and I'll share your comments and why the popularity about this conversation at the end of the show. So without further ado, here is our number one YouTube show of all time. Well, welcome to See Here Love, where we are on location at Tyndale University College and Seminary in their courtyard on this beautiful day. So we welcome you here. I'm so excited that our co-hosts are here. This is incredible. Lisa, Joanna, yeah, isn't this beautiful? Come on. I love this. We'll get to you in a second, special <laughs> guest. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that we have a live student audience Woo! with us. I love it. I can feel the energy. Oh, they're awesome. I love it. And they told us that they didn't skip any classes to be here. Yay. Good. That's a good start. For Hopefully everything. not like this early in the term. Exactly. Yeah. But let's hear first about your own story, your journey, and your diagnosis with bipolar mental illness. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. And journey it has been. <laughs> um, well, born into a Christian family, a loving, committed Christian family, and um, I guess things sort of started to change for me around 15. I was always a happy-go-lucky, energetic kid. But around 15, we started to notice some different patterns arise. I would have these really great weeks, really energetic weeks where, you know, I didn't need any sleep, I didn't need any food, I was getting hired for jobs, running all those marathons, just even more energetic than I am now. And those weeks would sort of be followed by down, weeks. So the, the highs would last three weeks and then it would be followed by a month of what I guess I could characterize as just severe depression. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that was, it was, I struggled with that for quite some time. And when I finally went to a doctor for it after things kind of got worse, they really focused on the depression side of it by giving me antidepressants, but they didn't work. We didn't see any change in, in these mood fluctuations and, and just everything that I was going through. Um, so a series of events happened that led me to a great psychiatrist. And in 2009, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, and it's neat because looking back, like that sort of was the start of a different journey. But at that time, it put a name to what I was experiencing. Right. And to be able to put a name to what I was experiencing meant there had to be a solution. Define bipolar for us, can okay. you? Sure, yep. So bipolar disorder is a mental illness that is basically characterized by what I went through. So highs, um, they all differ for everybody, but a high could be anywhere from, you know, a tendency to spend a lot of money, to have a lot of energy, to not needing sleep, to overcommitting, um, and uh, yeah, spending money is a big, a big one. Uh, that wasn't something that I um, struggled with, but you'll often see that in people who struggle with that. And then again, these lows. The lows are characterized by severe depression, where you know it's impossible to get out of bed, where you know having a shower is an accomplishment. Yeah. So when you were diagnosed with bipolar. I think you're saying that finally you got a name to what you were dealing with. Mm -hmm. But how did you feel when when you got that? Like, you now sort of own this. Mm. I have a mental illness and I yeah. am bipolar. Well, it's, it's really interesting what our brains do when we're in times of stress because I actually don't really remember a lot of those years. Huh. Um, it's sort of patchy, my memory of, of that really stressful time. What I do remember is thinking, okay, there is a reason. And as I said, if there is a reason for me behaving this way, there's got to be help. There's got to be something out there to help me. And sometimes putting a name to it, any diagnosis, whether it's like cancer or pain in my side, whatever it is, putting a name to it sort of is freeing. It's like, oh, okay, it's not me. Like it's outside of me. It's something I hold and I bear, but it's not me. That's good. Um, I think what we want to really kind of like dig deep into, Lindsay, and to you as, you know, the co-host as well, it's just mental illness. Because, you know, I think defining it, how to respond to it, do we all have some part of mental illness in our own, you know, with, within ourselves? And I think I kind of want to just open that up as we talk about that, because we want to dispel lies and dispel untruths about it, but we also want to learn how do we... Um, you know, you know, interact with people and say the right things and, and be the right people for people that struggle with it. Yeah. You know, because I think that's a big thing. What are, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, th no, go ahead, go ahead. I think that often words that are diagnoses are thrown around casually yeah. as a kind of a joke or a label on a stressful day or a, a person who I don't has know, tendencies. Yeah, yeah or I don't know, yelled at the waiter or yeah. something. Yeah. But But the reality is that's different than a diagnosis of mental illness. And so I think we can make less of significant things in people's lives by like by using it as like a casual label or a joke or an insult for a friend. Um, and yeah, how do you feel like, how do you feel about that as, as someone, you know, like if you heard someone say, oh, they're so bipolar, yeah. but they aren't actually yeah. mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I've sort of struggled with. I'm not 
somebody who's easily offended, so I kind of like let it roll off my back. But uh, when you think about it, it's like, okay, that that is not even close. Like a tendency yeah. to mood change is not even close to what that is. And yeah. that you're right, that can be thrown around with a lot of different kinds of mental illnesses. And it's a tendency somebody's displaying, but it's used in jest to yeah. describe. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely would caution people with throwing around terms of anything, not just with mental illness, but that we're not aware of because living with it is so different. Right. Living with it is so hard. And, you know, I was, I had such a supportive network, but even they will say, you know, Lindsay, I still don't really know what you went through. Mm -hmm. And I'm so blessed to have had like my mom, I'm thinking of like, God bless her. I couldn't, I wouldn't be here without her, Wow. but she will still say, you know, I don't get it. I don't struggle with it. And I just pray that the Lord gives me the wisdom for helping you in the moment you need. And I think that would be a big takeaway for people who are especially living with loved ones who don't get it, to take that curious, compassionate stance yes. towards what they're experiencing. Yeah. Uh, like a couple questions came to mind. And if I'm somebody who is struggling with bipolar, but I don't know it, it has been labeled, it's not diagnosed, and I think I'm just being emotional. Like how did you come to a point where I need to talk to somebody because this is actually not just teenage angst it's not just circumstantial it's not a season of life it is something more how, how did you come to discern that well one of the categories for diagnosis is longevity so this was something that had been happening for eight years before my diagnosis and nothing changed so um and in fact they were getting worse specifically my low times um so that that's something we and even as a therapist we look at okay like how long have your symptoms been going on that it's not just a season of life yeah. right yeah. and that you don't just uh, sort of wake up in a week or two because they're you're absolutely there's situational depression and I, I think we've all experienced yeah. that yeah. completely so what is that difference longevity departure from what is really me so I'm a happy mm. person naturally but I am not crazy like I was like I was over the top and I'm not a depressive person. Yeah. Although I get tired easily, I wasn't that either. So it was a departure from who I am yeah. wow. okay, for so long. That's good. That's good to know. Cheryl? Well, I'm sitting here thinking um, that I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to give a little bit of a whammy because I'm going to be honest. Um, I had to negotiate my faith journey around this issue. Um, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Um, coming from a Pentecostal background, charismatic background, we have just certain thoughts and beliefs around sort of claiming and owning. And I really, I, 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 I've grown so much uh, as I've matured and even listening to people that, uh, friends of mine that, that do work through mental illness. But I'd love to kind of like take a minute and talk about um, how you navigate your faith journey with mental illness, because there are many believers that will say, just pray. Um, uh, don't, don't, you know, name it and claim it. Don't name it. So don't own it. Um, just, just, you know, rebuke it and these sorts of things. And I'm sure I'm not alone uh, with, with that. But I really come to understand that, you know, it's something you're working through. I love what you said. It's, it's sort of a, a burden and something you carry, but you don't allow it to be your sole identity. Absolutely. And so there's that walk there. I'd love for you to, to speak to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it has been interesting as I've uh, studied to be a therapist and work with people and especially in Christian setting, how the church or Christians right. view mental illness. Yes, yes. Um, and I think it is still tricky. I think, again, the stigma is becoming less and less in society and less and less in the church. But I definitely struggled with my own thoughts, Kay. Like, 
Lindsay, are you praying enough? Like, where is wow. you? Where are you with your walk with God? Right. And I think maybe that was another thing for me realizing, okay, I'm not well, is because I never really doubted him. I wasn't really ever angry with him, but I was like, is this as good as it's gonna get? Because this sucks. Right. That's yeah. so honest. It is honest. I love yeah. that. And I think we need to be more honest like that. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and yeah. that's probably what I think we'll talk about this later. But one of the biggest things I will take with me and encourage others is like, in all forms of of trial in the Christian community to be okay with it not being okay. Exactly. And to sit with each other in that and say, listen, I'm not sure how I can help you right now, but I'll sit with you. Mm -hmm. And because if you look at the life of Jesus, it was hard. Mm -hmm. It was so hard. He never promised it was going to be easy. So for us to think, okay, just pray yourself out of it or, you know, power of positive thinking, let's go. I don't know if that's reality. Right. You know, Lindsay, I love this because what you're doing is you're breaking a lot of the stigma that the church and society have. I mean, there's more conversation in society, I feel, that we're talking about mental illness, you know, some of the, the campaigns that, you know, companies are doing. But when somebody as a Christian is vocal about it to say, it's okay not to be okay, really? So good. Because when I was growing up, that you would never say that. Yeah. You're not okay, you have to be great, and you're always great, and you push in, and you dig in, you read the word, and, and to live up to that expectation, that will kill you. Yeah. It will, you know, it will kill you if you keep up at that pace. And it's just funny yeah. because when you look at, for example, the letters of Paul, he's so honest about his struggles yeah. and he's got that moment where he prays for his own thorn to be removed yeah, and right. my <laughs> grace is sufficient. And that I feel like was where you were at when you said, okay, God, what's going on? Yeah. Um, is this as good as it's going to get? It's like, well, no, we're going to work with you. And God's speaking um, to Paul in this sense. And it is a journey and he, cl- he claims that, but he doesn't let it master him. And I just, I just feel like for all the facade we put up, yeah. the Bible is very honest. I love it. And this, I this, I, this, this is an anthem. I'm going to take this. Like, you know, this, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gives permission for the church to live authentically yes. and to not base their faith walk and their prayer life on a bout of depression or whatever they're going through. Like whatever I'm feeling and working through is not a reflection of where I am in God. You know, I love that. And and not, don't get me wrong, like I believe in healing and I believe that anything is possible with the power of God, but it's still gonna be hard. And yeah. what season are we in? And and I, I'm an advocate of working hard and setting goals and, and pursuing your dreams, but you're still gonna have hard days. And what do you carry with you that is kind of your burden? And like, so what does healthy life balance with God look like knowing I carry this with me, right? You know, and I love that because I think everybody and in the audience and us all just went, (sighs) because I think when, when you can say that the Christian life is, has never ever been promised that it's gonna be easy and carefree and perfect and perfect ever. And I don't know where that came from because I think that has been an issue within the church. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not bashing the church. I'm saying some of our theology and the way we've spoken about come to Jesus and, and your life is going to be like this. Well, no, if you look at all of us, our lives have been full of challenge and difficulty. However, the hope of Christ, uh, you know, the love of Him, the Holy Spirit guiding us, those are the things that I take and go, that has made my life great because yeah. of that. And I think we need to be more voices of that, right? Yeah. It's not perfect. 
it's 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 okay to be you know not okay yeah. but with christ anything's possible joanna well and it's because we have a larger picture of the story right. an eternal right. picture of the story yeah. you know jesus when he was here yeah he did heal some people <laughs> And a lot of people he didn't, but even the people that he, he said, like, you know, there were more people in every town than he had time to heal because his ministry was more than, than about sort of our physical healing. But, uh, every person that he healed did in fact die later. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the healing was a sign of his power, his authority, what he was doing as bringing the kingdom of God on earth, but it wasn't the ultimate end. The ultimate end is a, like is a heavenly promise that we have an eternal promise of Christ. And we will all, all the pain, all the sorrow, all of the illness, wh whether that's mental illness, physical illness, whatever it may be, it will have healing. Mm -hmm. It just may not look how we hoped it would. So we love praying for healing, but it doesn't always happen here. And, and when we say it's going to happen here on earth, uh, I think it can lead to people like losing their faith and being disillusioned with who God is and who he really That's says it. he He is going to be for us. That is key. And I want to land on that for a second because we have um, equated how we see God, who God is in his character by our circumstances. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if the circumstances are bad, we don't have prayers answered, then God is blank. Because he didn't, because this happened, because of death, whatever, God is, therefore, I'm angry at him, I'm upset with him. But, I, I, and I say this because... You live by this really neat theme hmm. from Narnia. Yeah. And so maybe give some feedback because what I'm saying um, makes sense in sort of this anthem that you have for your Love life it. as you journey through the challenges of, of mental illness. Sure, yeah. So when I was a kid, I loved The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. And even into adulthood, one of my favorite parts of it was when Mr. Beaver is describing yep. to Susan who Aslan is. Yes. And she thinks he's a man and he says, no, he's a lion. And she's like, oh my goodness, is he, is he safe? And he said, who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's the king and he's good. And as we know, Aslan is a picture of God. And I loved that all growing up, but I was given the privilege and blessing and honor to be valedictorian last year of my graduating class. And so I was, as I was reflecting on the journeys of my colleagues and myself, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's it. Huh. None of our journeys to Tyndale has been safe. Like I talk to people, you know, they experience kids, death, marriage, you name it in those five years of getting their education. But they all said, man, was God good. Wow. And they were so blessed at the end of their education. And I thought that is life. He never promised it was going to be safe, mm -hmm. but he is always good. And the character of God never changes. And we oh, know right. that he was good back then. He's good now. And wow. he's never going to stop being good. Preach it. <laughs> preach it. You better it. preach, girl. I love that. Let's do, and, and you know, I want to just land on that for a moment about God is good. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to each one of us? Because I think, you know, as we talk about mental illness, but just life as a follower of Jesus, we need to remind ourselves and our audience and people watching and listening that God is good. Mm -hmm. Because I feel that there, there's been sort of a movement of people like really angry and not for him and and making all kinds of accusations yeah but i think the, the character of god is good Let, let's just talk about that lisa what are your thoughts on that i think our personal encounters with god as we go on that journey it redefines our definition of good because when we're kids good is a cookie before dinner good <laughs> is a nice stuffed animal i love stuffed animals good is a puppy like and 
as life matures, even in the secular world, without God, your idea of good changes, but with the spiritual dimension, now it's like God is good. It's got depth. It's got, um, it comes from the bottom of your soul, despite Job's journey. And it's good, Habakkuk looking out and saying, do you know what, in wrath, remember mercy, God is good. It's the fullness of that to me. I now feel like I'm old enough to start tasting that a little bit deeper. Yeah. Every year, every season, it's like, God is good. That's good. Yeah. Joanna. Uh, well, as you were asking us the question, I thought of a Hillsong song. It's from their more recent album and it's about new wine. And there's this line in the song, I came here with nothing but all you have given me, Jesus make new wine out of me. And it's about this crushing that happens, crushing and pressing to make wine. But it's this coming with nothing. Everything we have is by grace. Like every single thing in our life, we came with nothing. Everything is because of the goodness of God. Love that, yeah. beautiful, I got chills thinking that. Yeah. Cheryl, your thoughts, God is good. Um, growing up, uh, you know, in my experience with all that I had gone through as an at-risk youth and fatherless, God was always good. I've been, in, been around church my life, but I didn't think he was good to me. Mm, right. And there's a difference when you come into this awareness of a personal connection of a good God and his goodness towards you. And so there, there's a verse that says that his plans for me, you start to understand his intention and his heart for me. His plans for me are good, not evil, not to harm me, for me to prosper and expect it in. And so now, no matter what I go through up or down, I understand the heart of God yes. for me. So the goodness of God for me is that you are teaching me through this storm. You are developing through developing me. Maybe you're saving me from something. There's, there's, but his intentions are all good mm -hmm. to, to see me be the best daughter of God that I can be for him, yeah. you know? So it's all working together for yeah. his good. Yeah. Beautiful, I love that. And Lindsay, you know, you've heard this and, and you have a scripture verse, you have two, mm. that really encourage you on your journey to sort of encourage that God is good, to that have encouraged you that you're not alone. Yeah. Why don't you share those ones? It was Jeremiah 29, 11 and 2 Timothy 1, 7. Yeah. Those are some of our verses I could like quote myself <laughs> by heart. But you know, why don't we start with, you know, just quickly Jeremiah 29, yeah. 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Amen. And yes. I love the Old Testament and I love, again, character of God and being good and how there's these crazy stories of God choosing unlikely people and making these huge promises based on his character and they always came true. Yes. Those covenants lasted. Yep. And that's one. I mean, if he said that to somebody back then, he's not going to change his mind Woo. about his plans towards me. Beautiful. Because some days I would sit, especially in my hardest years, and go, how am I going to do anything yeah. with my life? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm too ill. There's nothing that I will ever be able to do or hold or be consistent with but that's so different. And sometimes in the places where I went through some you know, difficult times in my life, I didn't feel it or emotionally feel it mm -hmm. or even believe it, but I still said it. Yeah. Because there's something about saying that in the back of my mind, I know it was true. I wasn't feeling it was true, but I would say over and over, God is good. He is with me. Mm -hmm. God is good. I am his. Simple truths to get me through right. some very dark times right, yeah. and, and just and saying it, there's power in that. Second Timothy 1, 7, one of my yes. favorites, is another one of your verses that has helped you through. Yes, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love mm. and a sound mind. And mm. I think because mental, mental illness, it is so much about our minds and the fact that he created us Amen. with a sound mind, that we don't have to go working for it, although sometimes it feels like work. We are created with it. 
yeah. the fall obviously changed things and he doesn't want us to struggle like this on this side of heaven, but he's created us with that and with that love and with that power. That's a good verse. You know, I always say it like when I share my story about, you know, God didn't, you know, give you a spirit of fear and I do that, but I never thought about that verse as, you know, as somebody who, who has struggled with mental illness because it talks about mind. That's amazing. That's like an aha moment for me right now. <laughs> That's incredible. Any thoughts on those verses? Charlisa, Joanna? For me, it reminds me of the importance of memorizing the Bible. Yes. Like you just yes. read those verses off the top, you, you recited them off the top of your head. I would imagine, I know this for myself in my lowest points, it was the verses I already had in my mind, 100%. like locked yep. in, yes. that were my greatest comfort. When you're, if you're in a depression or, or a mental illness or whatever, when you're in those low points, yeah. uh, all you have is, you're not gonna go get the Bible out and read it. You no, don't have the energy no, for it. No. It's a thing you've locked in. Yeah. And I think something uh, as an encouragement for all of us, a practical thing is like, what are a couple of verses to memorize, to lock in? Mm -hmm. Because we need to do it when we're feeling okay yeah. so that we have them when we That's need them. True. That's, true. That's good. The, the Timothy verse talks about, you know, he did not give us a spirit of fear. And when you have a sound mind, you can um, see things as they are. And what it reminds me of is when we are equipped with the knowledge of God. And we're praying, okay, Lord, this is the circumstance that I see myself and I can get overwhelmed with fear. And you repeat those. It's kind of like the kid who's walking home late at night. You walk through during the day, it's fine. But then at night, there's scary stuff there. And then you just, well, this is the road that I've already walked. And it's different. it looks different, but it's still the same road and the Lord is with me. And the sound mind reminds me that a lot of our battles are not just physical, they're spiritual. In the secular world has the phrase mind over matter. And then for us, that's always anchored in our soul and the spiritual. And so I love that verse. And I think there's a reason why Paul wrote it to Timothy. So it's good. Cheryl, any last thoughts there? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I was going to say exactly what Joanna said. You know, David said, I hide the word in my heart mm -hmm. that I may not sin against thee. And, and thy word is a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. It is the, it is the light that we carry. Mm -hmm. It's the lamp that we carry in the darkness. Yeah, yeah. Good. Lindsay, thank you so much. I know that you, you have your takeaways and, and, and just quickly, you have two takeaways, mm -hmm. um, that you shared uh, with us before the show. Uh, one is the pain doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a daily battle and choice to commit to a healthy lifestyle. It, it's sort of one and two. Yeah. Can you just talk about that for like a minute as we yeah. close up the show? Yeah, I think something that has really resonated with me is that, again, as we started, that pain doesn't go away. Some pains don't go away. Yeah. And what is it like to say, okay, although I want to strive to be the best I can be and strive, strive to be the best child of God, What's it like to hold this pain and to realize it is going to be a reality of my life, but still have a healthy lifestyle? So for me, I know my limits. I know I need to get sleep. I know I need to eat well. I know all the things that I need to do to live healthily with bipolar, mm -hmm. but being okay with, okay, it isn't going away. I'm going to have bad days. And that's what life is like. Um, so that's one thing I think I really encourage people, you know, it's okay if it's hard and it's okay if it's painful. And I don't know God's plan for everybody, but some of us won't have that go away. So what's life look like anyways? 
And we're excited for you because life for you, as you as you work through the challenges, you're a therapist. I am. Which is really amazing to see that it didn't take you out, but that you took what, you know, your experience and have made it into something really great and, and can inspire and encourage others and heal people. What what a beautiful, you know, testimony of your life to see what God can do when you say, I, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Despite all this, I'll do it. Yeah. So thank you, Lindsay Thompson, Thank for being you. with us. What an inspiration. Thank, Thank you. God is good even when you don't feel it. And sometimes you just need to say it. Memorize some key scripture I have, and it has helped me in some pretty dark times. You need community to help you along this life journey. And those are some of my takeaways from this conversation. But this is what you had to say about the show. From Andrew, he says, I've been recently diagnosed with bipolar. I was th thinking I did something wrong. I was struggling with the idea of being a Christian and yet having bipolar disorder. This show was really encouraging. And from Patrick, he said, I can relate to walking with Christ with bipolar and I've come a long way and I understand myself so much better. I totally agree with everything these dear sisters have said. Take care of your health, learn about bipolar and walk closely with Christ. I find that hiding the word of God in your heart is so, so key. And then from Dina, so glad I came across this video. Such a blessing to watch. God bless you. And I also love the opening music to the show. It was very upbeat. Well, Dina, I'm so glad you like our music. And I hope you, viewer and listener, like our music too and our conversation today. And if you're struggling, let me say this. It's okay not to be okay. It's a daily journey. And if you need someone to talk to, you can call this number, 1-866-273-4444 to talk to some of our friends and some of the most amazing people on the planet and tell them how you're feeling, let them pray for you, and guaranteed you won't feel alone, and I know their words will encourage you. And as we always end each show, and it will be the same for this new season together, season eight, and all of life's bumps, wins, losses, highs, and lows, you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. And next week, our second top YouTube show of all time. You won't want to miss it. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to See, Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks. Stay connected with our daily posts and stories on Instagram or Facebook at See, Here Love, or join our newsletter at www.seeherelove.com.